Welcome to the HR Chat Podcast, bringing the best of the HR and talent communities to you. Welcome to another episode of the HR Chat Show. I'm your host today, Bill Bannum. And in this episode, we're going to look at the rise of the gig economy as a result of the pandemic and how it creates challenges and opportunities for the HR department. My guest this time is Dr. Rochelle Haynes, gig HR expert and senior lecturer at the University of West England. She's also a keynote speaker and has delivered specialist offline and online interactive workshops across different regions, including Europe, Latin America, and Asia on topics including career enhancement, performance management, digital transformation, leadership development, and changing work practices. Rochelle specializes in the field of gig HR, a term she coined to describe using HRM to help companies enhance their working relationships with contract or gig workers and digital nomads. This podcast episode is sponsored by Virgin Pulse, the number one global employee well-being solution provider, supporting 7.5 million members in 20 languages across 190 countries. Virgin Pulse offers solutions that deliver on their home base for health vision of simplifying and unifying other point products into a better together ecosystem and transform the mental, physical, financial, social, community, and emotional health of organizations and their people. You can learn more at virginpulse.com. Rochelle, welcome to the show. Hi, Bill. Thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. I think this is going to be an education for me today. You're going to take me in new directions and teach me things. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> uh, what I didn't mention as well, listeners, in the introduction there is uh, Rochelle recently spoke at one of our Innovate Work events, Innovate Work uh, UK, in early October 2020, where she presented an awesome session. And I was trying to scribble down as many notes as I can, or I could, so that I could. Uh, try and sound intelligent when I was asking her questions following the session. Um, but she's a very, very clever lady, and that's why she's got a PhD. Um, Rochelle, firstly, tell our listeners a bit about your career background and what you're getting up to now. Okay, so I started originally as a primary school teacher, believe it or not, eons and eons ago. And um, I found it wasn't quite for me. I, I didn't quite want the experience of that. So I opted, I, I really got on well with people and I had worked in a company for a while um, within the, the management department. So I really liked, I, that really gave me like a feel for the HR industry and I got into that. And because of that, I moved to England to study HR. So um, to get my master's in HR and CIPD qualification um, because I really liked the feel and I love the people interaction and the, really the people management. Um, so that's where I started off in HR. And from there, um, as I did, I got an opportunity to do a PhD over here. And from there, I started to work in consulting companies, but always from the stage of the PhD, which was international HRM, um, I was always interested and myself moving to England, I was always interested in um, remote working, <clears throat> expatriates, anyone who work, has moved from their country to work in another country. So that's where the interest really started. And through, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry. And through the PhD was where I started really honing that interest in um, flexible work and, and international working in international sphere. So from there, I did a study two years ago, looking at the, the rise of the gig economy and also how the workplace context is changing. At the time I was saying that 
um, the remote workers were really being ignored when we consider our management practices. So we released a paper in February 2020 saying that businesses need to be more future ready, especially for remote work and also for blended work teams with gig workers and full-time workers thinking about how they can manage those teams together. So that's where we started off and following the publishing of that paper and COVID-19, which has accelerated that trend, that's where we really got into consulting about remote work, consulting about managing a blended workforce and so forth. Okay, wonderful. Uh, I should just also add, listeners, that um, Rochelle and I, we, we were connected. I, I think you, you, Rochelle, you attended mm-hmm. our Innovate Work Caribbean event and yeah. left some lovely comments and I checked out your profile and we had a little chat and I'm like this this lady's a genius I've got to get her involved I've got to get involved with one of our other events and, oh you're uh, too kind and, well it, it, it's true and uh, the, the proof was uh, in the viewing at the uh, at the October Innovate Work UK event maybe actually you could just take uh, a couple of minutes now and and tell our listeners uh, about about that presentation that you offered it it was nine minutes so uh, you had to be pretty tight with what you're talking about but it was just jam-packed full of really interesting information and and lots of stats i'd love for you as part of that answer actually to maybe offer a few stats about what has happened over the course of of 2020 in terms of the acceleration of of the gig economy yeah so my presentation was really about presenting the framework that we created based on our research about the rising trend of gig work and persons working within the gig economy. So we created a framework called Gig HR, which is why I presented at the Innovate Work event. And one of the things, as we, as I said before, I was saying with regards to the rise of the gig economy, one of the, the impacts of COVID within that work context has been to accelerate it, to accelerate one remote work, flexible work and, and gig work in some scenarios. Because in other scenarios, some gig work has shrunk because of um, layoffs and so forth across the globe. But really what the framework was about was to stress the need to rethink our traditional HRM practices. So if you think of traditional practices or what we know as um, our regular HRM practices that are using companies today, these were created within and for a very stable working environment um, and primarily for the nine to five worker. But our workforce has become a lot more dynamic. It's become a lot more diverse. And a lot of those practices don't quite suit the way in which um, workers want to work. A lot of, uh, well, a lot of the rising workforce, those those changing work practices, it doesn't quite fit with those. So the framework was really looking at, well, how can you rethink reward, your reward structure? How can you create a digital ecosystem that manages online and offline work effectively and together? How can you reskill your employees to work within this context and also take charge of learning for those that may not necessarily be a part of your company? And also, how do you think about the new tools and protocols and work habitat? How do you put those things in place to make sure that the whole thing really functions correctly? So one of the things that we've seen with COVID is that it's really put an emphasis on flexible and remote working. It's put an emphasis on the need for additional employee support, as well as workforce planning, thinking about um, our remote workers around the globe and how assignments have now changed. So that's what that framework is really geared towards. Or we call it our gig rules, tools, skills, and thrills. And that's what makes up our gig HR framework. 
What kind of proportion or what kind of percentage rise have we seen in countries such as the US and Canada uh, in terms of uh, the, the the gig workforce out there since mm. you know since, since the pandemic really kicked in in those countries back in back in March 2020? It's really hard to say with regards to percentage just because a lot of gig work is not necessarily counted as work. So often even the challenge before the pandemic was when we are measuring how many people are within the gig workforce, um, it's very, you often have to measure with caution or be very careful as you publish your results. So at the time, just prior to the pandemic, it was predicted that more than 40% of the, or going to 50% of the workforce of the US by 2020 this year would have been working as gig employees we've seen a rise or we've seen very close to that number um, because of covid persons being laid off and picking up a lot more gig work and so forth but at the same time it's very hard to know because the definition of a gig worker or an independent contractor is still very um, debated within companies so when they're really counting um, who is within the gig economy and who isn't that's still a bit tricky so I would say any any um, survey results, you often have to take with caution. Okay, thank you. In a moment, uh, I'd like to get into uh, the, the opportunities and the challenges for, for HR teams when it comes to managing gig workers. But before we get there, um, I'd, I'd love to hear from you. What, what, what are the big motivations of, of gig workers? What, what do they want? Is, is it, I, I think you mentioned in your presentation, you, you talked a little bit about minimal management, maximum autonomy. Um, beyond, beyond that, uh, and please do talk a bit about that, but beyond that, what are some of the other uh, incentives, if you like, that, that a company can offer to, to an awesome gig worker to keep them working with their company for, for a long time, but without having to get into that traditional employee employer relationship? You know, I don't know, are you able to offer a, a, as, a, as an employer of a gig worker um, help with child support or um, mm. wellness wellness based programs. What, what, mm. what is it that gig workers really want? What, what would separate uh, a a company who's who's bringing on temporary workers mm. from, from 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 other companies that just offer the, the basic, maybe slightly higher um, um, revenue because you know you don't have all the other complications that you would do with a, with an employee. Yeah, so often what's what's really causing the the rise in gig work is really um what is the word? Uh, an evolution in the way that we think about work. Often now a lot of and it's it's really been pushed by let's say Gen Y and Gen Z, but we do also find a lot of Gen Xers as let's say digital nomads and gig workers. Uh, one of the things that really have, have accelerated with the Gen Y and Gen Z millennials and Jen said is that um, there is this kind of desire to mix work and pleasure and travel all in one. Those those lines are becoming a bit more blurred. So what we see is the typical um, working career or working job, let's say you're, you're nine to five in office or on location day, there's this real um, drive for flexibility and to be able to to balance your work with your other um, pursuits. So that's part of it. Also um, rethinking what work life itself should be and that experience of work life. So um, I've been to, let's say, some digital nomad spaces 
Um, by digital nomads, I mean those persons who are location independent, so who might work for a company or a group of companies, but from anywhere in the globe or from anywhere in one location. Uh, what I've seen in some spaces is that you go into those spaces and you might as well be in a spa or a yoga studio or so forth, just because um, the, the surroundings um, that they want to work in are different. You mentioned with regards to the resistance stories, top-down management structures, and challenging the old, old ways of working. That is, that is really a part of it as well. Just rethinking what we see as work and how work should be experienced. I think those are some of the main drivers, as well as technology, which has made it possible, technological advancements, with more and more technological advancements, which weren't necessarily there in the past when we think about when we created traditional HRM structures, these sort of developments and um, new business models like gig platforms that allow people to work from the comfort of their home or while traveling is really what's, what's driven that um, rising gig workers or contingent work. Okay, thank you. Now, now let's uh, let, let, let's focus on the the HR department then, and how they're going to work with this blended workforce of the, of the future. Um, shall we? Shall we start with the positives? Yeah, let, let's be positive first. Um, what, what what are the what are the opportunities for for yeah. HR leaders and 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 managers yeah. who? Who have who have a team which is you know some some of them are are traditional employees others are contingent workers what what are some of those opportunities in some terms of for example maybe the skill sets that you can bring in hmm. yeah one of the biggest benefits is really having a more widened base to um, attract key talent and very highly skilled talent um, it might not always be high skill it might be low skill talent as well but uh, with regards to let's say an organization who wants to attract the best of the best. When you consider gig workers or contingent workers or digital nomads, you are considering people not from your one physical location or nearby, but you have a, a pick now of experts from across the globe. So you stand a chance of having the best contribution to that organizational project or tasks or so forth because you're really benefiting from the top expertise. A lot of people that pursue gig work or consulting or so forth are people who might have been, let's say, let's say, for example, I know a gig worker who he was working in engineering firms for more than 20 years. He was doing very well there and he um, he, he made quite a bit from working in that way. And, but now he wanted to travel. He, he had a, a bite to the travel bug and didn't want to look back. So then he quit his job, but then remained in contact with his firm and offered his services through online consulting. And now he does that for several other engineering companies as well. So you really stand the chance to benefit from that level of experience from right across the globe. And then the other thing as well is your team is exposed to different, let's say, cultural perspectives, and they have a deeper understanding of how to work with persons from across different work contexts across the globe. So it's, it's really um, the, the level of knowledge exchange that you can gain from having a blended workforce is really really let's say top notch but of course when you ask about the challenges of course that does come with a lot of challenges as well because you have a person who sees themselves as an entrepreneur 
not necessarily as an employee of the firm. So they expect possibly less engagement, especially if it's somebody who um, is very interested in traveling and living off the grid. They may expect a lot less engagement from the company, but at the same time, they still need enough information from the company to do the job and produce the project effectively. So you do have those tensions with regards to how that person identifies in their role with the company and that creates some barriers in itself. Um, You also have issues and this tends to be on the low skill level of persons that try to take advantage of gig workers because of that issue with how the gig workers identify whether as a part of the firm or not. So you mentioned before with regards to rewards and sorry holiday pay and that sort of thing. A lot of companies, they have their gig workers working as hard as full-time employees, but they don't want to necessarily provide the benefits. So that's one thing I've spoken a lot about on platforms with regards to the need for gig workers to be recognized and adequately compensated for, for the work that they do. And one of the things I expect to see in the future is possibly more gig unions forming and the collaboration between gig workers to provide that and advocate for that level of support. So you do have a lot of issues um, that also present themselves with gig work. Compliance and data security is also another worry that a lot of companies have. So I think you've just answered the opportunities and the challenges there in one go. Um, <laughs> so thank you very yeah. much. Um, now let's uh, let's talk a bit about this term that you've that you've coined. Um, I, I love the term term by the way. Um, gig gig HR. So what is yeah. what is gig HR and and why did you create that framework? Yeah, so gig HR, simply put, is HR for the gig or the digital economy or that digital workspace. But how we define gig HR is where you design your HRM practices um, that cater to the particular workforce or the makeup of your workforce. So you want HR practices that are adaptable to those working within and outside the firm to ensure that both the firm and the workers get what they want. Um, Whereas, again, if you think of typical HRM practices where they're typically designed for the full-time employee, when we talk about gig HR, it's about how do you lead, how do you make sure that your practices cover the um, requirements and demands and desires of different types of workers in your workforce. So that's what gig HR practices set out to do. And that's where we talk about our gig rules, which is having the right protocols in place, thinking about your future work strategy, your your organizational culture, how do you build a work environment that's suited for online and offline? And we call that a work habitat. Um, And your tools, how do you create the digital ecosystem that allows you to measure and monitor um, the work of your blended team, but also to protect them and to protect yourself as a company, making sure you have um, things in place around your cybersecurity protocols, around your information sharing and so forth. And then we speak about these skills. It's thinking now about within that under that gig HR umbrella, you now have workers that are not used to interacting with contingent workers or workers that are outside of the firm who may not see things the way that they do or not even identify with the, let's say, the, the structure of the organization. So how do you reskill your workers in a way that they can effectively manage in teams across the globe or teams that are not from inside the organization? And our thrills is really thinking about your rethinking your reward strategy, for example, and how do you celebrate and recognize the accomplishments of 
all of the workers, um, and including gig workers, because one of the biggest things we found in our research, gig workers kept saying is sometimes they're not paid. Sometimes, many times they're not recognized for outstanding work that they do. They're seen almost as a part of a computer or just a, a, not a, a, an integral part to the team. So we speak about in gig thrills, how can you restructure your reward system to think to make sure that every worker is adequately recognized and compensated for their work. And in that case, it really requires a rethink around, let's say, how you might view career opportunities for a gig worker, what type of rewards that would actually be appealing to them and what type of training that you can offer, whether internally or externally, that might suit the needs of that particular external party. Wonderful. Rochelle, you're not going to believe this. We are already coming towards the end of this interview. Before we wrap oh, things wow. up, <laughs> no. I know, right? Um, I'm sure I'm sure I'll get you back on again in the near future if, if you'd be up for it. Um, I'm quite a talker. <laughs> <laughs> As am I. That's why I do a podcast. Uh, <laughs> uh, but before we do wrap things up, how can our listeners connect with you personally through LinkedIn, Twitter, elsewhere? And uh, how can they learn more all about all the wonderful things that you're getting up to? Sure. Um, so if you want to check out our website, I am at crowdpotential.co.uk. That is our company platform. That's where I do all of my consulting work. And that's where you can reach us for public speaking and other other events or so forth. So that's www.crowdpotential.co.uk. And I'm also on LinkedIn as Remotely Speaking Up, because that's the name of our podcast, uh, Remotely Speaking Up, where we focus on digital nomads and remote work. Um, also on Twitter as rhaines1, Dr. rhaines1, or you can find me on LinkedIn. I'm very LinkedIn obsessed <laughs> at Dr. Rochelle Haynes. So yeah, you can find me on any of those platforms. And if you'd like to contact us for anything, we can be. you can email us at contact at crowdpotential.co.uk. Excellent. Well, that just leaves me to say for today, Dr. Rochelle Haynes, thank you very much for joining me on this episode of the HR Chat Show. Brilliant. Thank you so much. Take care. And listeners, until next time, and as always, happy working and stay safe. Thank you for listening to the HR Chat Podcast, brought to you by the HR Gazette.